From the studios of EWTN, this is Open Line with today's host, Father Wade Menezes. In North America, call toll-free 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985 or send an email to openline at EWTN.com. A tremendous uh, Tuesday, excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself, a tremendous Tuesday to each and every one of you. Thanks so much for tuning in to EWTN's Open Line. Father Wade is in the house, ready to take your calls. Pick up the phone and dial 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. If you're outside the United States and Canada, we'd still love to hear from you. We want to call today from Father Wade's native Portugal. I want to call from Portugal today. The number is 1-205-271-2985. And we'll even put you straight to the front of the line at 1-205-271-2985. You can always send us an email. That email address is openline at EWTN.com. I'm Jack Williams coming to you live from the studios of Ave Maria Radio in beautiful Ann Arbor, Michigan. Our thanks to Steve Clark for getting us all hooked up and ready to go here and the good uh, folks here, including Al Cresta, Mike Jones, and the whole team here at Ave Maria Radio. Michael McCall producing the program. Ace McKay is your call screener. And Jeff Burson handling our social media efforts. And our host, Father Wade Menezes. Hey, Jack. How are you doing? Hope, well, I, I hope cho- well. If I can Did keep I from choking, I'll be doing fantastic. Yeah, you choke <laughs> me up, by the way, at every time. It, it always happens. It's the I feast of the queenship great. of Mary. It is, it is. But before I talk about the queenship of Mary, let me tell you why I'm doing so great. Because after this show, I am leaving Auburn, Kentucky, here at the main residence of the Father's Mercy, to drive down to Hansville for my second week's vacation for 2023 during which will be the EWTN family celebration on Saturday the 26th. So I'm hoping that we'll see some open line listeners out there that day and be sure to come by and and see us and talk to us and be sure to tell us where you're from. And I'm also doing a book signing on Friday the 25th from 1 to 2.30 in the afternoon at the gift shop of El Nino in Hansville at the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament. And I might as well go ahead and mention that the Big 58 is tomorrow on August 23rd, St. Rose of Lima, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I want to thank God publicly, Almighty God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, for another beautiful year of life. And uh, I just want to thank God for all He's done in my life. And uh, it's wonderful to have a birthday preceded uh, by such a great memorial, the memorial of the queenship of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth. And by the way, Jack, a shout-out to my cousin Isabella, who is receiving the Sacrament of Confirmation this evening in the Diocese of Stockton, California, at St. Jude Parish in Ceres, California. Uh, So a shout-out to her and to all in her class and their teachers, and to Bishop Myron Cotta of the Diocese of Stockton. Hello to all of them. And also to Joe and Mercedes Nunes, uh, also friends of mine out in that area of California. They live in Turlock. Uh, They are a couple who are very, very heroic in embracing our Lord's cross. And they are just a wonderful example to everyone regarding some health issues there that Joe is having. And they're just a great example of heroic virtue 
to others. And so a shout out to Joe and Mercedes Nunes as well. Today, Jack, we celebrate the queenship of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth. You know, Pope Pius XII established this feast in 1954. Uh, But Mary's queenship has deep roots in sacred scripture. For example, at the Annunciation, the Archangel Gabriel announced that Mary's son would receive the throne of David and rule forever, huh? At the visitation, Elizabeth calls Mary, quote, mother of my Lord, end quote. As in all the mysteries of Mary's life, she is closely associated with Jesus, her son. Her queenship is a share in Jesus's kingship. We can also recall that in the Old Testament, the mother of the king has great influence in the royal court. In the fourth century, in fact, St. Ephraim, the deacon, called Mary lady and queen. Later church fathers and doctors of the church and early ecclesiastical writers continue to use these titles regarding the Blessed Virgin Mary. In fact, various hymns from the 11th to the 13th centuries address Mary as queen with such phrases as Hail Holy Queen, Hail Queen of Heaven, and simply Queen of Heaven. Uh, The Dominican Rosary and the Franciscan Crown Devotions, for example, as well as other numerous invocations and the well-known litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary celebrate her queenship. In fact, there are 13 such titles in the litany of the Blessed Virgin Mary, also known as the Litany of Loretto. I want to comb through those now, Jack. Uh, Queen of Angels, Queen of Patriarchs, Queen of Prophets, Queen of Apostles, Queen of Martyrs, Queen of Confessors. Queen of virgins, queen of all saints, queen conceived without original sin, queen of heaven, queen of the most holy rosary, queen of families, and queen of peace. Now, a week ago today was the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, so it's worth saying that this Feast of the Queenship of Mary, Jack, is a logical follow-up to the Assumption that we celebrated eight days ago. Today is the octave day of the Assumption, right? And we Catholics are big on octave celebrations. Uh, The Feast of the Queenship of Mary is thus a logical follow-up to the Assumption and is now celebrated on this octave day of that feast. In short, precisely because Mary has been assumed body and soul into heaven, we now what her? We crown her. So it's a logical follow-up, this Feast of the Queenship, which is a memorial, a logical follow-up to the feast day as a solemnity of the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Indeed, the Queenship of Mary invites us to love Christ by loving and serving his mother. Now, Jack, last week, a week ago today on Open Line Tuesday on the Assumption itself, uh, I challenged our callers to call in and give us their witness about their love of the Blessed Mother and her role in their lives of leading them more closely to her son, because that's Mary's only, only, only goal, is to lead us more closely to her son. And as you know, Jack, last week we were not short of callers. And so I want to give our our listeners another opportunity this Tuesday, the octave day of last week's Solemnity of the Assumption, to give us a witness again about the Blessed Virgin Mary in your life, your marriage, your family, your work, your friendships with others, etc., in your faith life, your spiritual life, etc. How is the Blessed Mother leading you more closely to her Son? Give us a call today on Open Line Tuesday. Give us a witness. In his 1954 encyclical to the Queen of Heaven, Adcheli Regnam, Pope Pius XII points out that Mary deserves the title Queen 
for four primary reasons. Number one, she is the mother of God, which we celebrate on January 1st of every year, the octave day of Christmas, right? And the first day of the secular calendar year. Number two, she deserves the title Queen of Heaven because she is closely associated as the new Eve with Jesus's redemptive work. Number three, because of her her preeminent perfection, having been conceived without original sin, to prepare her for the office of the divine maternity. And number four, because of her intercessory power. So today's feast, which is a memorial, uh, reminds us that we can turn to Mary in every need, counting on her, her intercession and her mediation. As St. Paul suggests in Romans 8, 28 through 30, Jack, uh, God has predestined human beings from all eternity to share the image of his Son. All the more was Mary predestined to be the mother of Jesus Christ, who is God, the second person of the Most Holy Trinity. As Jesus was to be king of all creation, Mary, with dependence on Jesus, with dependence on him, was to be queen. All other titles to queenship derive from this eternal intention of Almighty God. As Jesus exercised his kingship on earth by serving his father and his fellow human beings, so did Mary exercise her queenship. As the glorified Jesus remains with us as our king till the end of time, Matthew 28, 20, so does Mary, who was assumed into heaven and crowned queen of heaven and earth, and who again has one goal, to lead us more closely to her son as she tells the wine stewards at the wedding feast of Cana in St. John's Gospel, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. So again, Open Line Tuesday listeners live this hour watching on Facebook, watching on YouTube, or listening on Sirius XM Radio or any EWTN affiliate radio station, AM or FM. Give us a call. Give a witness about your Marian devotion in your life, both spiritual and temporal. I want to know how our Blessed Mother has enriched you in leading you more closely to her Son and to a Trinitarian love of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I want to know how she's blessed and graced your marriage. I want to know how she's blessed and graced your work, your friendships, your relationship with your children. Give a witness about the Blessed Mother in your life. We had no shortage of callers last week on the Solemnity of the Assumption, and I wish to offer that again to our callers today on the Queenship of the Blessed Virgin. And for those of you who are within driving or flying distance and can make it by Saturday, come to the EWTN Family Celebration at the Birmingham Jefferson Convention Center this coming Saturday the 26th, where many, many of your EWTN hosts and personalities will be present, giving talks, signing books, and also the day before on the 25th Friday from 1 to 2.30, I will be at the gift shop of El Nino at the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament offering a book signing. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number, 833-288-3986. It's Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you have a question, call 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985 or send us an email to openline at EWTN.com. Hot off the presses for the month of August, a new book from EWTN Publishing, Good Night Jesus, a children's bedtime story by Kate Sidner. 
and it's illustrated by Anna Morelli. This delightful book helps children reflect on God's blessings in their lives. The captivating images convey the importance of faith and family, friends and fun, and a personal relationship with Jesus. Good Night Jesus, a children's bedtime story, a new book from EWTN Publishing, available at EWTNRC.com by Catholic Shop EWTNRC.com. To the phones we go. First up today is Anne in the great city of Boston, listening on Sacred Heart Radio. Anne, you are on with Father Wade Menezes. Hello, yes. Go right ahead, Anne. Um, yes, uh, I'm not actually in Boston. I'm in Bothell. <laughs> okay. uh, I wanted to share uh, with you, Father Wade, about sure. um, my, well, of course, my devotions to Blessed Mother of the Rosemary and the Chapel of Mercy, but for quite a while now, I've been doing the Litany of the Precious Blood and the Prayers and Devotions to the Precious Blood, mm. and I had been praying to Our Lady of Champion uh, about a situation with my uh, 12-year-old autistic grandson, and something happened that I really considered uh, really miraculous. Um, he was having a very bad day at one of our family get-togethers, and um, right now one of his ticks is blinking his eyes constantly. Uh, he has different ticks at different times, and he was having such a bad day that he wouldn't look up at anyone or hug anyone or uh, even speak to anyone. You could just tell that he was having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was um, I prayed to the intercession of Our Lady Champion, and immediately his whole demeanor changed. He became uh, joyful and happy and, and uh, uh, entered in the conversation, and he came over and he gave me a hug. And what I did was I took his face into my hands and I told him, I gave him a big hug and told him he was precious and I loved him so much. And when I had his face cupped in my hands, he looked into my eyes and you could see he was soaking it up like a sponge and his tick was gone. And afterwards, when he went back and sat down, of course, his tick came back, but his whole demeanor had changed and I considered that really miraculous. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, how many times have you been to the Shrine of Our Lady of Champion, or, or have you never been there but still know about her and have a devotion to her? Oh, I have a great devotion to her. I've never been there because, you know, I can't travel. <laughs> but, okay. uh, yeah, yeah I, I ask for her intercession, and there have been other answers to other prayers to her intercession, too. Well, Anne, what, what is your grandson's name? I would like to offer both my Vespers and my Compline for him this evening and also add him to my prayer list. What's his first name? Um, I, I hesitate to do that in case any okay. of my relatives are listening. Oh, but, that's um, fine. That's fine. Anne, the I'll just Lord remember. knows his name. I'll just, the Lord knows his name is right. That's exactly right. But I will remember Anne's grandson. Um, Anne, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the Fathers of Mercy, my community here based in Auburn, Kentucky, where our main father house or generalate is located, we Fathers of Mercy staff the shrine of Our Lady of Champion 
for Bishop David Ricken of the Diocese of Green Bay, Wisconsin, which the shrine falls under the auspices of. Uh, we have three of our men stationed there. Father Joseph Itona is the rector, and uh, he's stationed there with Father uh, Michael French and Father Thomas Reagan, three Fathers of Mercy priests from my community, and the three of them, my three confers there, are doing a fantastic job. I would invite all of our listeners to go to championshrine.org, championshrine.org, and take a look at the wonderful website for the Shrine of Our Lady of Champion, the only fully, fully approved, church-approved, ecclesiastically-approved Marian apparition site in the United States. Bishop Ricken did this officially a few years back, which means what? I mean this literally now, what I'm about to say. I don't mean this as a metaphor, okay? Our Lady of Champion apparition is now on an equal par, an equal par like with Lourdes or Fatima or Guadalupe, other fully approved international shrines in different countries across the globe. Bishop Ricken, uh, he he established a committee when he came on board as, as bishop there, made up of, of canon lawyers, uh, professional laity, uh, also clerics, to examine the apparitions of our Blessed Mother to Adele Bryce, also pronounced Adele Bryce, and he, after several years of study by this commission, deemed the apparitions worthy of belief. Again, Our Lady of Champion in Champion, Wisconsin, uh, it, under the Diocese of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Go to championshrine.org and read about the three apparitions to Adele Bryce and how they dealt with uh, catechizing the children and the importance thereof and praying for family life and the importance of the seven sacraments in our life, what we call the sacramental economy. Thank you so much, and God bless you. God bless you, Ann. Next up is Chris. He is in New Orleans, Louisiana, listening on our great affiliate there, Catholic Community Radio. Chris, you're on with Dr. Uh, excuse me, how am I doing? Father Wade Menezes. <laughs> Hi, Father. Um, Hello. Pleasure talking with you. You didn't know you were calling into I... a graduation, did you, Chris? <laughs> no, I didn't, no. <laughs> I wanted to, uh, well, share a couple related stories of uh, my Marian devotion and the work Great, of Mary Chris. and arrange, arranging my life and, and my marriage. Um, so, and I also have to say, it's, it's awfully, awfully bold and uh, courageous to, on an open line, uh, to not ask for questions and to ask people to tell stories because um, people could be long-winded and myself included. So please, <laughs> if I need to wrap up, just let me know. <laughs> Jack Jack frequently tells me to wrap up, so don't feel bad, Chris. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. So, um, you know, like uh, like many, many people um, in our society today, um, in high school, I had a pornography problem um, trapped in that in that cycle. Um, and i I did remain very devoted to um, confession and the faith. Um, but I remember there was a point in time when I was um, particularly um, struggling with despair. And I remember, you know, reaching out, crying out to Mary in prayer, asking her to, um, to help, to help me in the situation. Um, and oddly enough, uh, of all the young Catholic women I knew, 
um, a certain woman came to my mind, and I thought, you know, I just don't feel like I would ever be worthy to date somebody like that. Like I'm, you know, I'm done. I'm I'm spoiled. This is I'm just not the kind of guy that could could have a good marriage. Um, but in the prayer in that moment, I asked her to, if at all possible, to just do with me what she can um, through her intercession to to make me somebody who maybe could at least date and see what that what that relationship could be like. Um, and, um, again, just thinking that I wasn't going to be worthy to marry, but maybe I could date and at least, um, at least have a good dating life and a good, good dating relationship and get a chance. Um, well, uh, fast forward, I don't know, seven years or so, um, through a very long story, I did get a chance to uh, go on a date with that woman and um, had a beautiful moment of being able to express um, the desire to, to date her. Um, and we started going out and maybe a few months in, I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to break the ice and tell her that I'm, you know, she's dealing with somebody that's broken and, and not perfect. And so I kind of shared some of the struggles I had. And so she was aware that, you know, these are temptations, um, that I want to protect us against. And, um, she started praying without telling me. She Googled, um, Rosary Novena and she found the 54 day Rosary Novena wow. and she never created a Novena in her life. Hmm. Um, and so without telling me, she started praying this for me. And I, you know, about a week went by and I was like, you know, I don't know why, but I have this strange, I've never felt so, you know, protected from these temptations in my life. And I could tell that she, like, knew something, and she wouldn't tell me. And what's funny is I, I was becoming very suspicious and kind of like, you know, what are you hiding from me? Are you lying about something? Um, <laughs> and anyway, eventually I, I got it out of her that she was doing this for me. And Beautiful. it was... Um, yeah, it was so beautiful. And it was also beautiful, uh, Chris, I might add, that you were uh, up front with her from the beginning, uh, after dating a little bit, uh, wanting to deal with her, as to use your own words, that she was dealing with someone now who had some brokenness. And so it's almost like you wanted her to be your accountability partner from the get-go. And that lets in light. That lets in light into the relationship. Let the light of truth shine. Don't keep things in darkness. And I think Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless that from you, which then very well could have uh, uh, inspired her to turn to our Blessed Mother. In other words, the masculine and the feminine here taking, taking place in your relationship. You wanting to be, uh, with your due diligence, laying everything out in front of her and saying, look, th th there's some things I've struggled with in my past, and then her taking the nurturing aspect of wanting to help you, turning to our Blessed Mother. So what a, what a beautiful, beautiful witness, and I've heard amazing stories throughout my life, even before I was a priest, mind you, about the 54-day Rosary Novena. Chris, thank you so much for, for listening today on Open Line Tuesday. Hope you tune in each week, and uh, thank you for calling in, and again, wanting to give a, a great witness call and lay things out there as a great witness to other listeners. Thank you so much, Chris. 
833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. It is a free telephone call anywhere in North America. 833-288-3986. If you're outside the United States and Canada, that number is one 205 271 and we will even put you straight to the front of the line at 1-205-271-2985. Craig, congratulations going out to another member of the EWTN radio family. Veritas Catholic Radio in the great state of Connecticut is celebrating their fourth year with us. It seems like it's been 24 years because we... We tried so hard working with Bishop Caggiano there uh, in uh, Connecticut to get this off the ground, and Steve Lee finally made it happen. Congratulations to his team at WNLK from all of us here at EWTN. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. 833-288-3986. It's Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade Menezes. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number, 833-288-3986. Next stop for us is St. Pete Beach in Florida. Uh, Rebecca is listening on Ave Maria Radio. Rebecca, you are on with Father Wade Menezes. Hello, Father. Um, Hello, Rebecca. I'll I'll try and sum this up really quickly. Um, So... In 2011, I had um, I had been Catholic for many years, but very minimal, and I had a major conversion experience, and a lot of it was due to making my consecration to Jesus through Mary. She just really set my heart on fire, mm-hmm. and it was, as I look back on this, it, it was all in preparation for things that were about to happen in my life, and um, about two years after I made that consecration, um, my sister uh, came down with cancer, and... She was uh, baptized a Lutheran, but had never attended church and had lived a, a pretty um, sad life. And so when she was diagnosed with cancer, she the first thing she did was she reached out to me and asked me if I would help her pray the rosary. And um, I get a little choked up when I tell the story. But anyway, I, um, so we started praying the rosary over the phone. I was living um, here in Florida and she out in Colorado. And mm-hmm. so um, I started going out and visiting her. Um, as much as possible, um, almost every other month, somewhere around that. And each time I would uh, be with her, you know, we talk more and more about the Catholic faith. And I had also contacted um, uh, the priest of the local Catholic church there, which was Our Lady of Fatima, ironically, um, and had been talking to him about my sister. And he said that, if you know, whenever she's ready to make the rest of her sacraments, just let me know. He knew that she was too sick to go through um, any kind of RCIA or anything. And so um, I flew out there in June, and um, when I walked into her house, um, she was just sitting on the couch, and she looked at me, and she said, can you just take me to the church? And so I called Father Peter, and he said, bring her right over, and um, he, um, you know, gave her the rest of her sacraments, and so that was in June, and then her health really started to 
to deteriorate at that time. And so her daughter and I had made a plan to go out and um, just kind of stay with her until she passed. And um, she was starting to suffer quite a bit, and I really did not want her to suffer. And I didn't want her children to see her suffer or her husband. And um, people who die of a lung death, they, you know, do have a lot of suffering. And so I started praying the novena to Our Lady, Undoer of Knots, and mm. um, just asking her, you know, to to intercede for my sister that she wouldn't suffer, and that at the time of her death that she would just take her by the hand and lead her to Jesus. And on the seventh day of the novena, it happens to be August 15th, and I was in Mass, and it was uh, the 5.30 evening Mass, and I had my phone um, just there sitting beside me on vibrate, and um, just right before the consecration, um, the phone just started to vibrate, and I looked down, and it was her son, and I just, you know, left it there, but I knew that she had died, and um, so when I left Mass, I called him right away, and um, she had died of a heart attack. She just had a heart attack, and yeah. I, I just know that our, our, our Lady had interceded for her, and it was such an answer to prayer, and it was so beautiful because she didn't have to suffer. And it, it, it just, sounds like it anybody. Sounds like her, it sounds like her body was already naturally shutting down with the lung disease, which I presume was a type of cancer. Is that correct? It was already shutting exactly. down. So that so the, the heart attack kind of came out from nowhere, which answered your prayer that she would not die per se of the lung cancer, because that could be quite agonizing, uh, even with the assistance of, of morphine, which makes the person comfortable. It can still be a very agonizing time as, as they get closer to their death. And so you saw that as, as an answer to your prayers, that this heart attack kind of came out from nowhere, but her body was already naturally shutting down. You know, God's ways are not our ways. I say that so often in my priesthood. You know, you, you've given a wonderful witness about Our Lady Undoer of Knots devotion, the, the Our Lady Undoer of Knots devotion. And uh, it's quite popular. I, I'm discovering more and more people talking about it, in fact, in my road travels, whether it's a week-long parish mission that I'm preaching at, or a weekend conference, or a day-long devotion, or a day-long retreat. Um, it can be found, for the benefit of our listeners, uh, Rebecca, it can be found at PrayMoreNovenas.com praymorenovenas.com. And it's a great website, by the way. One of our callers earlier this hour mentioned the, the novena to the precious blood of Jesus and the litany of the precious blood of Jesus. You could find that on there as well, praymorenovenas.com. Have you continued to retain a devotion to Our Lady, Undoer of Knots? I guess whenever, um, you know, it, it's just a, it really is an unfailing novena. Of course, praying it according to God's will, but yeah. um, whenever I'm in deep need, I mean, our, our mother is always there waiting to help sure. us, <laughs> and um, it was just the whole the whole story of my sister. Every Our Blessed Mother was all over, all over her from the very beginning. Well, God, God, just, rest, God rest your sister's soul. Amen. Well, thank amen. you so much. You're welcome. God, God bless your sister's soul and bless her children, and uh, thank you for giving a great, great witness call about not only a love for a sibling, Rebecca, but also a great witness call about the devotion of our Lady Undoer of Knots. Again, found at PrayMoreNovenas.com. Next up is Carla. She's in Atlanta, Georgia, listening to us on The Quest. Carla, thanks so much for holding. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thank you, Father Wade, for your ministry. I enjoy looking forward to your weekly 
conversations and the way you guide us through this journey for home. I really appreciate your ministry. Thank you, Carla. I greatly appreciate your comments. And today I just, on the queenship of our Blessed Mother, I just want to let you know what the queen of my life is in Mary. Um, But I relate to her more in Our Lady of Sorrows. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 2019, our son was um, taken home. We were in a car accident. He was in the backseat. We were hit by a drunk driver going three times the speed limit. And our son was impacted in the backseat, so we lost him um, on that accident. But um, I felt Our Lady's embrace right then and there before I realized what had just happened. Um, Our cart was cut in half, so on the other half of the car is where my son was, and we didn't know where he was or where where he landed. But um, she gave us the gift of her sorrow. And embracing us through this, that I felt later on, this is going to hit me hard. And I'm going to hit rock bottom because I've suffered from depression in the past. And I can tell you, it's almost four years of that accident. And I feel stronger and ready to fight, you know, with everything I have to see my son one day again, because I know exactly where he's at. Mm-hmm. Um the forgiveness that I have for the drunk driver, it's amazing. Only Our Lady could do that. I never blamed him. I never wish him wrong. On the contrary, I offer up my suffering because even if they would have told me he's not going to do any time, I would have accepted it because nothing was going to bring back my son. Right, right. And I didn't want his family to be hurting given the other way around. And only Our Lady could do that. Her embrace has walked with me through this. So my devotion is so much to her and her sorrows because mm. humanly possible, you cannot overcome such tragedy before your eyes. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like had that not been for her, I don't know that I make it this far, to be quite honest with you, on my own human limitations because you do despair. You do wonder why, and you do say, you know, he was only 17. He had, you know, his graduation coming up. My son, my older son's wedding was, you know, the next year. So there was a lot of things where I know my son would have enjoyed being, but it was in my time. It was God's time, and he decided when it was time for my son not to be here. But the fruit I have from our youth ministry and all these teens that have come to embrace me, to hug me, to just replace his love in so many ways. I mean, I just feel like I'm standing strong and so much more thanks to Our Lady and her sorrows because I don't think we thank her enough for the endurance and the sorrow. Right. Absolutely. You know, Carla, um, our Blessed Mother is a mother who lost her child. She's a mother who lost her son. And under her title of Our Lady of Sorrows, standing at the foot of the cross, you found rest in your own sorrows in precisely the same loss, the loss of a son. Um, And you've given a wonderful, wonderful witness how a particular devotion can help us through a particular trial. 
an extreme trial, one that came out of nowhere, like a car accident, when there's no foretelling of it, it just comes out of nowhere, it blindsides us. And you were able to rest in that reality of what she went through. And she was there for you and guided you more closely to her son in your time of sorrow. And so thank you for such a, a, a beautiful, beautiful witness and testimony in regards, especially on this queenship of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth, how, how Our Lady of Sorrows is a particular devotion to you, and still continues to be, even after the 2019 accident, still continues to be, and she continues to help you and aid you. May God bless your family abundantly, uh, Carla, and thank you so much for giving a wonderful, wonderful witness today on Open Line Tuesday. Thank you. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. We head next to the home of the Steelheads, Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Carl is listening on the EWTN app today. Carl, you're on with Father Wade. Hello, Father Wade. Jack, that's impressive. Yes, it's the Steelheads. (laughs) (laughs) Father Wade, thank you very much for taking my call. What a pleasure it is to talk to you. Truly are a blessing, Father Wade. Thank you for all you do for our Catholic Church. Well, thank you, Carl, and I want to thank you for calling in today. What, 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 what's your witness? I want you to give us a great witness about your devotion to our Blessed Mother. Father, but before that, can I quickly share about my pilgrimage me and my wife did last week? We came to Wisconsin, and oh, we did okay. the Shrine of Guadalupe, we did the Holy Hill, and we got Mass in the Assumption. We met awesome Father Joseph. Okay, and great. Yeah, he's so, he's so good. And then we met, we had Mass with the bishop, which was amazing and such a blessing. You know, then... you know, Carl, you're saying that reminds me of something I should have said earlier when I was talking about Our Lady of Champion. For those of you planning a pilgrimage to Our Lady of Champion, since you're in the state of Wisconsin, go three and a half hours or so uh, northwest and visit in the Diocese of La Crosse the beautiful shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which has no apparitions tied to it. It's simply a beautiful, beautiful shrine that was constructed under now Cardinal Raymond Burke when he was the Bishop of La Crosse uh, years ago. Uh, he saw it through its, its completion. In fact, I think he might have been named a cardinal uh, during its building. But anyway, uh, another beautiful shrine in the state of Wisconsin. So yes, you're saying that you went to both uh, reminded me to say that about the La Crosse Shrine. Again, the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is in the Diocese of La Crosse, Wisconsin, and Our Lady of Champion Shrine, which does have approved apparitions tied to it of Our Blessed Mother, three of them, to the visionary and seer Adele Bryce, which the Fathers of Mercy help staff, and that's in the Diocese of Green Bay. I'm understanding you correctly that you went to both shrines, is that correct? Yes, yes Father Wade, and we also did Holy Hill, and we did St. Joseph Fat. Yes, both. two other great places as well, that's right. Holy Hill and the St. Joseph Shrine. Father, and also, sorry, I'm just going on, but I just want to say that the Mass we did at the Shrine of Guadalupe is so beautiful with such big Catholic families. Oh my gosh, Father, it was amazing. Wonderful, Uh, wonderful. What what, what do you want to give witness about our Blessed Mother today, Carl? Father, originally I'm from India, and in Bombay we have, uh, on Wednesdays, we have the Navina of our Mother of Perpetual Succor. And from a very young age, I've been going over there, Father, and everything in my life I achieved because of that Navina, coming to Canada, getting my job, and it's, like, we have so much faith. And one more thing I had is, like, me and my wife are going to complete 25 years of our marriage in January, and the only reason we are able to complete it is because 
we pray together, family that prays together, stays together, and daily we say the rosary, Father. So that's my witness. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Carl, thank you so much for listening from Ontario. You know, I, I studied for philosophy for the priesthood. My Catholic philosophy was uh, was done at St. Philip's Seminary in Ontario, uh, Canada, there in Toronto. Um, and so thank you so much for your own call from Mississauga today, uh, Ontario, and uh, for being a listener. We greatly appreciate it very much. God bless you now. As Father Wade mentioned earlier, this Saturday is EWTN's free family celebration, and there's a whole lot going on. You can join us Saturday right here, or well, right there in Birmingham. Uh, Enjoy talks from your favorite EWTN radio and television hosts. You can shop at EWTN's religious catalog, attend Holy Mass, and even be part of a televised show. The day's activities culminate with a Eucharistic procession through the streets of Birmingham. What a witness that will be. Go to EWTN.com slash Family Celebration to find out more and to register. And remember, it is all free. Next up is Andy in Lincoln, Nebraska, listening on Spirit Catholic Radio. Andy, you're on with Father Wade. Hello. Hello, Andy. God bless you. Thank you for your call today from Lincoln, Nebraska. I'll be there at the can end you hear of me? September. Yeah, can you hear us? I'll tell you what, we'll put Andy on hold and try Joseph. He is in Germantown, Maryland today, listening to EWTN online. Joseph, you're on with Father Wade. Yes, hi, Father Wade and Jack. Um, so why is Mary the queen of my life? Mary is the queen of my life. Um, because I had to go through the desert first. Uh, as a 16-year-old boy, I was addicted to pornography. I was addicted to masturbation. And uh, like Chris, I had a horrible, uh, you know, unfortunate vices in my life that were basically paralyzing me. Um, I was a great swimmer, though. I was given an incredible talent. I was training for my first junior nationals. I had a horrible accident on August 11th, 1983, a lawnmower. I was driving, cutting grass to make money over the summer. Flipped on me because I fell asleep um, because I was training five hours a day. I wasn't sleeping much. And lawnmower ran over my foot. I had to get rushed to the hospital to save mm-hmm. my foot so it wasn't cut off. And uh, little did I know that the Blessed Mother was calling me at that time to a new life. And... Uh, Went through rehab for two years for my foot. Ended up getting a scholarship for swimming. Never made it to the Olympics. All my friends did, but stayed close in my Catholic faith. But uh, I actually had the opportunity to go to the seminary uh, in St. Charles in Philadelphia, but I was too addicted to the world still, so I couldn't do it. And uh, had to go through even more trials. Lost my father um, a day after the Blessed Mother's birthday in September back in 1996 and uh, basically took me down to the lowest point I could go and uh, that's when the Blessed Mother stepped into my life and uh, I basically started to uh, develop a devotion not because on my own but I had friends that basically what I would say introduced me to the Blessed Mother um, to the Rosary and uh, one day I was in church praying uh, before Mass, and uh, an old woman came up to me in her 80s and said, uh, you want to come uh, to one of our groups? And I said, what group is that? And she said, the Legion of Mary. And I said, what do you guys do? And she said, why don't you come and see? And I went to a meeting two days later with a group of 80-year-old women and myself at 30, 
five years old, thinking to myself, <laughs> what the heck am I doing here? And uh, went to two meetings and told myself, there's no way i got to continue with this until God's providence was an invitation in that third meeting. They, they said, you got to come to our annual service for our Legion of Mary. And I said, why? And they said, well, you're going to take a promise that day. And little did I know what the promise I was going to take to the Blessed Mother. People that are legionaries know the promise you take to the Holy Spirit, the spouse of, of Mary. And I took that promise that day, and little did I know that my life was going to profoundly change. And it wasn't another two or three years where I stayed with the Legion of Mary that I was on a pilgrimage to an unapproved uh, apparition site in the U.S. after I had already been taken to Garabandal, Fatima, Lourdes, and um, basically, um, again, the Blessed Mother was calling me, but I, you know, I was not truly devoted, even though I wasn't, wasn't the Legion of Mary until at this unapproved apparition site on uh, the day before the visitation, um, I show up there, and uh, the next day I got to take my consecration, because I did the 33-day consecration for the first mm. time, yeah. and I had to write it out, so I wrote it out, signed it. That day I signed it. I go to this unapproved apparition site, and little did I know I was going to meet my future wife. And little did I know that my wife was the president of the Legion of Mary in uh, Washington, D.C. And uh, <laughs> she's from Puerto Rico. I'm from Philadelphia, and I'm thinking, how's this going to work? This is impossible. <laughs> and I'm a 43-year-old man. My wife is 42, and I'm thinking, okay, God, what are you, what, what are you showing me? And so she found out that I was a Legion of Mary member, and all of a sudden she and I said, well, maybe we should explore this. And so for the next year and a half, I did a road trip to Washington, D.C. every weekend to date my wife until we finally actually got married. And uh, Beautiful. We, we met on the Feast of the Visitation. We were to get married on August 15th. But in Puerto Rico, uh, they didn't let us get married on that Saturday. We had to get married on the 16th. And uh, my wife's name is Maria. Her middle name is Isabel. And... Um, I am the president of the Legion of Mary now in a parish here outside of Washington, D.C., and I've been leading a group called our Patrician Group, where we basically catechize about the Blessed Mother power in the Catholic Church. And uh, she has job. basically, you know, taken my life to, a, to that level of she has to be the queen of my life because my life has, could never be the same without her. Amen, amen. And, and the Legion of Mary is such a wonderful organization. I remember being involved with it when I was a younger layman, and uh, even even my novitiate year at the Fathers of Mercy, my annual assignment that year was to be involved with the Legion of Mary at the local parish here in Russellville, Kentucky, Sacred Heart Parish. And uh, so I did that, and, that, and my time in my hometown of Modesto, California, involved with the Legion of Mary... Uh, prepared me for my novitiate year of being involved with the Legion of Mary. So uh, great stuff. God, God can bring it all together with a nice straight line, even though up until that point, all we see are a bunch of zigzags. So Joseph, thank you so much for your call today from Germantown, Maryland, and God bless you and your bride abundantly, and may you continue to do the work of our Lord um, under uh, the auspices of His Blessed Mother, who again, as I said at the, uh, earlier in the hour, has one goal, one goal, to lead us more closely to her son. And of course, the son leads us to the Father in the Holy Spirit. God bless you, Joseph. Take care now.
We head now to Coldwater, Michigan. Angela is listening right here on Ave Maria Radio. Angela, you're on with Father Wade. Ah, thank you. Hello. Hello, so Angela. Thank I, you. I, I just wanted to quickly share um, my devotion to the Queen of the Miraculous Medal. Um, oh, beautiful. I, I had, I grew up on the last of 10 children. <laughs> I have a twin sister, and my mother definitely had a, a Marian devotion throughout our lives. My oldest brother is a priest. His mm. birthday is the Feast of the Assumption. Um, okay. But my sister had a son who was born on November 27th, which is when the image of the Miraculous Medal was given to St. Catherine Labouret. Mm. And two years ago, at age 15, he collapsed at football practice. And he died six days later, and he died at 11.27 p.m. Uh, so his earthly birthday and his heavenly birthday I like are both at, you know, 11.27. Um, and he had a devotion to the Miraculous Medal because of when his birthday was. And there were just so, just even his passing, um, to be at the same time. And he just had such a devotion to that and to... To unborn babies, he he gave up his time in downtown Detroit at a pregnancy center. Um, he had a very vibrant faith, and he had a great devotion to Mary, especially to the Miraculous Medal. Um, and there are just so many things that happened around his passing, but just things right. that happened in the days and the weeks after. Mm. And um, I also teach in a small Catholic school, and I'm the DRE for my parish, and. Uh, a year later, one of the little guys who was a first grader wanted to, in the month of November, <laughs> make gifts for all of his classmates, and he made one for me also. And what he did is he made uh, he made necklaces, he made medals of the Miraculous Medal for all of his classmates, Catholic and non-Catholic, and he also made one for me as his atrium catechesis of the Good Shepherd teacher. Oh, so just there have just been, you know, sure. when you're not expecting it, you know, there have just been so many things just around that medal and that devotion that Stephen had that we just carry forward in our family, uh, his cousins and, and uh, whatnot. And, and Angela and just, was, you know, Angela was Stephen your was Stephen your nephew? You said, yep, he was my okay. nephew. And and he was how old when he died? You said he was he was fifteen. Fifteen and involved with the with the charitable work that he was doing at fifteen. What a great witness! Kind of reminds me of the life of uh, young Carlo Acutis, uh, who's now blessed. Uh, what a what a great uh, witness your nephew was. Oh Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us. Have recourse to thee. Are the letters struck on the miraculous medal as told by our blessed mother to do uh, to Saint Catherine Labore, which she did. Wonderful, wonderful devotion to the miraculous medal. Father, would you leave us with a blessing? I certainly will, Jack. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our Open Line Tuesday listeners this day and always and remain with you this day and always. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us. On behalf of our host, Father Wade Menezes, our producer, Michael McCall, call screener Ace McKay, and our social media maven, Mr. Jeff Burson. I'm Jack Williams. Thanks once again to the great team here at Ave Maria Radio in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Back at it tomorrow. Until then, God bless.